Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a fantastic morning to be outside in the South? Those of you listening from outside the South, especially you podcast folks, we really appreciate it. But here in the, in the South, it's nice. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and you've tuned in on purpose or by accident by, to Mississippi Public Broadcasting's garden party we call the Gestalt Garden. Uh, we, our producer's an awesome job of chatting. We're going to have fun for the next hour or so talking about gardening. Uh, I'm going to give a special shout-out again to folks who listen in by podcast. I know you're out there in your garden. Um, but coming up today's mid-April program, we're going to be talking about planting stuff, digging stuff, enjoying stuff, saving stuff, smelling stuff, digging stuff, uh, ignoring stuff, <laughs> a lot of ignoring stuff. But most importantly, this is because we're live here at MPB. I'm going to be talking to you in real time about what's going on or not in your own garden. Sit back, folks. A little bit of news. We're going to come back with this live call-in program we call the Gestalt Gardener on MPB. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture spell to rushing. And we're going to talk about some kind of garden. And I mean, I got some, I got some stuff. Some, some of the most interesting emails came in. Uh, some events going on, and we got some cheesy music coming up, uh, which is something I do. Just it had nothing to do with gardening, but it just sort of breaks the flow a little bit. I got an earworm for you today. If you don't know what an earworm is, it's one of those things when you hear it, you wish you hadn't because it's with you all day long. Anyway, if you want to give me a call this morning, I'm live here at MPB Studios. Horticulture's Fellow Rush, me and Java and Michelle McAdoo, we're going to be talking about just gardening and stuff. And we don't sell anything. We don't care if you're dressed or not. I don't care who you are, who your mom and them are, what church you go. I don't care because it doesn't matter. Plants don't care. Anyway, you want to give us a call, it's toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Got several things to chat about, but before we do that, let's jump right into uh, a place up in the Delta, the heart of the Delta, called Belzona. Good morning, Mark. How are you this morning? I'm okay. How are you, Phil? Fine, man. You got it in early this morning, didn't you? Yeah, I had to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> what, have you been outside and you just had to come back in or something? Now, what I'm going to do is get this question in and then go out there and listen to you while I work. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hope I can help. Okay. Here's my question. After I plant centipede, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. How, uh, and I want to, what I want to do is I want to plant the centipede, then later on, before it germinates, I want to spray it with some non-selective herbicide, right? Yeah. And I want to know, can I spray it since centipede is going to take you know, three weeks to germinate. Can I spray it with like Roundup uh, two weeks after I plant the centipede? Well, or would you not plant it at all or spray it at all? Well, first, first of all, I wouldn't spray it at all for a couple of reasons. One is you could kill every weed out there, Mark. But guess what's going to come back in the bears? More weeds. Because weed seeds, there's jillions. There's a lot more weed seeds, and you can put centipede seed out there. So they're going to come. You kill all It's like getting rid of a bunch of mosquitoes. More are just going to keep coming back. See, so what I would do is I would just go ahead and mow real close and make sure when you put your centipede seed out that it's, in, that it's touching real dirt, not caught up in a bunch of leaves and stuff right. like that. So mow real close, let it dry down for a couple of days, and uh, throw your seed out there. And just uh, if you could put a sprinkler or a hose or something like that, I mean, you could do this glass of wine in your hand. The main thing is wet the seeds down. At least not water, just wet them down every couple of days to make sure they don't crack open and dry out. See, so okay, you know, but the centipede is not cheap. The, the 
thing is, that won't give the centipede seeds any head start over there. I got a lot of nutgrass Bermuda going to come up. Yeah, it, it is. But knock it out. It is, but they're going to come back anyway. But anyway, to answer your question, Roundup does not affect seeds. It doesn't affect the soil. If you use it, I'm not talking about, ag, you know, you're surrounded by agriculture. It's a whole different ball game. Than, we're not talking about agribusiness. We're talking about your yard. If you use it, let, let the, the Bermuda grass and nut grass come up pretty good. If you just wet it down, this stuff kills it roots and all completely, doesn't hurt the soil. And once it dries, you know, two, two days later, you can, you can plant tomatoes out there. See, so uh, if you got really bad weeds like perennial stuff, Bermuda grass, nut grass, things like that, that really is going to be your best bet. But uh, the main thing is don't overdo it, Mark. Just, you know, just whatever direction. All you want to do is just wet the foliage. You don't need to, to, to you know, kill the, you know, the Azu River here. I guess. But okay. anyway, in, uh, as a matter of fact, you could use a roundup to, to, to water your, your, your grass seeds. But uh, anyway, you can have more of those come back. But roundup is your best bet. It's the safest. Okay. It's the least likely to hurt your plants. And it's the most likely to, to get rid of the worst of the weeds until your grass comes up. Okay, now one other question: When can I plant? Can I plant like? Uh, oh, you can do it now. now. No, no, you now? do it. You can do it now. The the sooner the better. Uh, uh, grass seeds need warm dirt, and it's warm now. You know, it's kind of cool <laughs> last night, but anyway, the, it, it's good time to plant centipede seed, so it has a chance to 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 crack open, get some roots in the ground before the real nothing like the real Delta summer comes in and right, kick, right. kicks it. Gotcha. All right, man. Thanks. Oh, hey, let me ask you this: Once the grass comes up, what are you going to do then? Are you uh, are, are you like uh, I've got a uh, a friend named Michelle whose whose who's boyfriend just loves to cut grass. He loves he's he does hair, right? But he brings his work home and he won't leave the grass alone. Set your mower on the highest setting mark. Throw the wrench away. Remember what I'm planting? I'm planting centipede. That tells you I don't want to mow that here. Well, okay, but mow it high. If you you know if you okay. mow it high, you it it'll do better than anything you, else you can do. Yes. Relax, man. All right, man. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right. Yeah, and this idea that you know folks who cut here like do things just right, we get that. But they get home and they mow the grassy edge and all like that. They cut it real, real close. Well, grass isn't like hair. It doesn't grow back from the roots. It grows across the top of the ground. Centipede St. Augustine needs to be mowed high. I know I sound like a broken record, but, you know, it's a bestseller. Let's go down to Covington, Louisiana. Hey, Mary, good morning. Hi, Felder. Howdy. Hey, um, I've got... I've got a question about vegetables. Uh-huh. Um, I plant my seeds, and they come up. They're great, and then they get, they're very stunted. They're not even like an inch high, and then they <clears throat> kind of fall over and wilt and now, out. <laughs> are, these, are these in dirt or in pots or what? Um, I've got them in raised beds and in pots, yeah. and I've got different types of soil, and yeah. I've fertilized with fish emulsion. Yeah, um, I've got good soil. I've got, you know, well, let me, let me throw the mill soil. Yeah, let me, for, for, there, there's so many possibilities that all I can do is throw out a couple of three real general observations. One is um, if the gra- if the if the dirt is cold or if the the water if rains is cold, a lot of these summertime stuff seedlings will simply rot. If they stay cold and wet, so you know that alone can be a problem. If you don't wait till it's really warm out there, also if you keep the plant seedlings wet, they tend to get a a, a little stem disease. Uh, they call it damping off. 
and yeah. they, they just fall over the ground line because they stayed a little okay. bit too wet. So the third thing is you might be planting your seeds a little thick. So plant your seeds kind of thin, you know, so every plant has its own elbow room. Water it pretty right. good and then let the surface of the soil dry out a day or two before you don't you know, mm-hmm. don't let it completely dry out, but don't keep it wet. And uh, if you'll okay, tr- well. if you'll try thinning them out, not keeping them wet, and uh, you know making sure they get plenty of warmth, you'll have a lot better chance. Well, I've done all that. Um, I've thinned them. I've you know let them dry out and you know n- not to the point of yeah. thirst being real thirsty. But um, I may have planted too soon to where it was too cool, even for the bunching onions and no uh, bunching onions. No, they'll they'll take cold weather. So uh, I, you know I'm 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 at the and point they're, where... they're falling over just like. The, you know, my, my lettuce is stunted. It's like a quarter of an inch up, but it yeah. doesn't do anything. Well, the, the problem is, so, though, I, I'm I'm well into the realm of making guesses, and I really hate mm-hmm. to do that. So, you know, against warmth, spread them out. Don't keep them too wet. And you might want to uh, mix in a little compost in the top uh, inch or so of your dirt. Believe it or not, compost, okay. real compost, has an antifungicidal property. You know, they, they've okay. shown that over again. And, and they'll sort of loosen up the so it's not so packed around the little seeds. But other than that, I'm just guessing. Okay. Um, anything like eggshells or... Nope. Um, e- eggshells are a wonderful, wonderful myth. Well, I've done that, but... It's a myth. Okay, You can crush eggshells up into the finest little almost microscopic little bits of, of little nothing... But they, they, there's a different type of calcium. It doesn't break down. I can come back three years from now and find bits of eggshell out there. But now if you mix your eggshells, this is odd. Grind them up really good. Mix them with a little vinegar. It'll fizz and okay. foam and all that kind of stuff. But the vinegar, the acidic, the, uh, the, acid, the acetic acid in vinegar will convert the eggshell calcium into plant calcium. Oh, o- oddball well, thing. that's interesting. Yep. Okay. It's an oddball thing. There's a lot of myths out there people propagate that make sense, but they're not the whole story. So anyway. Okay, Felder, I appreciate it very much. Good luck, Mary. Hey, feel, you know, we can get a little bit more detail if you can email me. That way we can get a little dialogue oh. going. Okay. All right. Thanks. Okay. Mm, bye. Uh, by the way, that is uh, garden at mpbonline.org. Garden at mpbonline.org. There's three or four that I haven't had. I've been on the road all week. Matter of fact, I got in at two this morning from giving a lecture two states away. And uh, I'm real cheerful thanks to antihistamines. But uh, let me throw out, before we uh, take any more phone calls, uh, let me throw out a, a, a handful of things that are going on in the next week or two that some of you may want to take advantage of. And they're, they're all over the our, our listening audience. So, uh, one is there's going to be a plant sale this weekend at Lichterman Nature Center in Memphis. Lichterman, L-I-C-H, excuse me, L-I-C-T, Herman, Lichterman Nature Center. A really big variety. They always have all sorts of native plants for sale. And it's Friday and Saturday, April 13th and 14th. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Tell them I said, hey. Uh, also, um, this weekend, no, 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 no. Don't have anything more this weekend. Next weekend, the Oxford Community Market, uh, which is a nonprofit weekly farmer's market in Oxford. Uh, they have their grand opening uh, this coming April 17th, uh, next next weekend. It's free from 3 to 5 p.m. on April 17th. They can have displays, giveaway goodies, cooking demonstrations, live music, children's events. It's, it's going to be at the Old Armory Pavilion there in Oxford. Old Army Pravilion, April 17th, 3 to 5.30 p.m. Uh, 
Also, the Adams County Master Gardener having a plant sale the 21st of, of April from 8 till noon. This is their big fundraiser for all their projects. So give me the, the, the Copiah Lincoln Community College. Uh, they're in Natchez, and I look for the signs. But they're going to have uh, talks about how to propagate plants, uh, easy way to use garden herbs, uh, proper planting, all sorts of vegetables and perennials and daylilies and cannas and angel trumpets and crinums and all sorts of stuff. Adams County Master Gardener plant sale April 21st. 8 to 12. Uh, I'm going to be downtown Laurel, Mississippi on April the 28th. We're going to have a lot of fun there. April 28th, uh, got plenty of time to talk about that. And also the uh, uh, Master Gardeners in Jackson have a huge, huge plant sale. Uh, Saturday, April 28th uh, from 8 to noon, Monel Gardens in Jackson. Uh, coming up next week, Earth Day, Earth, first Earth Day celebration, uh, April 22nd, 1970. 20 million people took to the streets to talk about concerns for making the world a safer place, safer environment. If you've got anything else I can promote, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Be real happy to. Uh, we can take a real quick, we've got uh, uh, callers from scattered around the state. We're going to come back and take you to live call. This is an old-fashioned radio program, folks. You don't find this a uh, whole lot of places more where somebody just gets and talks about the plant sale and, and uh, you know, their, their friend's boyfriend mowing the grass too close and taking your phone calls live and also personally answering your emails. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. I'm our producer, Java Chapman. I'm Michelle McAdoo in there uh, being the phone greeter. We're going to be talking about gardening right up to the end of the hour. You know, give us a call, toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. By the way, that stands for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be right back, kind of having fun getting dirty with you all this morning. for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fellow rushing. I saw my first magnolia flower this week. This week, the first magnolia flower of the season, magnolia grandiflora, uh, native to our woods, grown in five, photographed it in five continents. I'm talking about Asia, South America, Africa, Europe, North America, even in New York City, and they're starting to bloom along our roadsides. Uh, a couple of other things I saw blooming uh, this week, chinaberry, old-fashioned chinaberries, uh, a plant that used to be commonly grown. Still see them scattered. They're covered with little sprays of, of lavender flowers, wonderful uh, fragrant uh, uh, plant. Um, also, I brought in some flowers. I'll have to talk about the flowers I brought in just a little bit, but uh, Java, what's the chance that we can post a picture of this bouquet I did today? Uh, I think it's a very good chance. We're gonna we're gonna put it out so everybody can see what you brought in. You know, you know, you see me when I walk in. I'm all hot and sweaty, and I got this armload of flowers I stole from all my neighbors' yards. Yeah, we, we got We're gonna have to be careful with that word "stole." Oh, oh yeah, to... excuse me. I'm a, a liberated a few for demonstration purposes only. Do not try this at home. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I do have some wonderful, wonderful flowers that are blooming right now. So colorful. Spring is in full bloom. We're gonna be talking about a few of those in just a little bit. Um. And I've got some emails I'd like to share with you, but let's let's go back to doing what we do best, and that's to 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 yak with folks. We'll get start down in it says Lauderdale, and but is it Lauderdale County or is there a town called Lauderdale? Uh, it's both. It's a town uh, 
that's in Lauderdale County. Huh. I don't even know where they have I been there? It's can, outside can, of Meridian. So have you got to have you got to be going there, or is it on the way to someplace? Oh. Uh, I think you really need to be going here because the roads will bypass it if you do not. Well, what can I help you with this morning, Ann? What I was wondering about, uh, I have listened to your program before, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't you say that uh, the bush-type tomatoes grow better in containers than the regular type of tomatoes do? They don't grow better. They both grow pretty much the same, but but they're, they're a better choice. Okay, well, that's what I had done. Well, um, I know there are a good many uh, varieties out <clears throat> for purchase. Uh-huh. Could you uh, offer an opinion on uh, some of the uh, types that would produce well, uh, well and have the, uh, like, acidy flavored tomatoes? Okay. Here, here, uh, here, and, uh, you know, just ha- have a tomato we taste. Well, and could you here's something? A, uh, and here's the problem with that. No two people, I mean, we, oh, half of the people listening today use Miracle Whip, half use mayonnaise, okay? Oh. <laughs> and, and, and some people is, roll the toilet paper different directions, and you're not going to convince anybody anyway. Uh, so, so I really can't, you know, and, and plus some people, that acid bite uh, is is there in all the tomatoes? It's just some have got a little bit more sweetness that covers it up. So, uh, I, I, and there's so many tomato varieties I cannot keep track of. But I will say this: start with one called Celebrity. Celebrity. It's widely available. It's a good bush type. It's sort of like a better boy. It's a good hand size. Uh-huh. Pretty good for eating, really good for slicing. And that's a good one to start with. And then see what they've got, some of the other varieties. Um, well, and, uh, what, what would the uh, uh, cherry tomatoes, are they? There, uh, there's there's tons, yeah. And, and small. They, uh, are they, would they be considered like a bush or would they? No, no, uh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not that familiar with okay, the. Here, uh, here, here's the deal, Ann. There's uh-huh. some that are vines and they grow and they grow and they grow and they grow until they die. Okay, they constantly grow. Those are vine types. The bush types get a certain size. They sort of set a whole bunch of tomatoes over a fairly short, you know, three or four weeks. Then they peter out. Okay, oh. so that's the basic difference between bush type and vine. And, and by the way, if you can remember this, uh, the vine types is sort of determined already how big they're going to get. And the oh. vine types is it's not determined. It's indetermined. So if they've got an eye, that means it's a vine type indeterminate how big it's going to get. If it's got a D by it, that means it's determinate, which means it's a bush type. So on the label, it'll have an I or a D. Uh, uh, I have I have read uh, about uh, the determinate and indeterminate right. before. Now, here, here's, uh, here's the deal. I'm not trying to interrupt you, but there are okay. so many varieties, I have no idea what they've got for sale at the local garden centers. Uh, there's one in Jackson that has uh, maybe three dozen different kinds, but... You know, and I've been to a place that had 4,200 different oh, kinds of tomatoes. See, so after a while, it boils down to what they have local. Okay. Well, I, I was just curious because I knew you said they would probably do better they're than easier. that bush type within a container. They're, than the, they're easy. And the reason they're easier, Ann, because they get a certain size, you put a little cage around, they make a whole bunch, and then you're done with it. You can pull it up, you can stick another one in, in the same dirt and grow it over again. They don't, you know, they don't keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, uh-huh. so they're easier to manage in a pot. Okay. Well, huh? that that's good. I had uh, bought what was called a, a patio Pickers, uh, They're great. I had to put That's it great. in the ground. I had put my tomatoes in the ground before, but now I have dogs, 
Put that one and in a I pot. I can't put them out there because the dogs will destroy put, my put, stuff. Put that one in a pot and put a cage around, and it'll do great. Okay. I appreciate your help. Okay, Thank you and, so much. Hey, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. Goodbye. Okay, boy, tomatoes, acid, they're all acid. Some are sweeter than others, and if you don't like that acid flavor, leave them on the vine as long as possible. The longer they're on the vine, the more natural sugars they get covers that acidic bite that so many people like so much. Now, we're going to go to uh, to Petal. Hey, Laura, thanks for holding. Hey, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you. What's going on? Well, I wanted to plant uh, some lemongrass in yeah. my yard, both for uh, privacy and also to work as a mosquito repellent. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any in any of the garden centers around here, and I wonder... Is that something that will grow well in southern Mississippi? Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) Lemongrass, by the way, it only gets maybe waist high. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest. It's not much for privacy unless you're scooting around on your stomach or something. Uh, And also, it does not, has not, never will repel mosquitoes. That's a fact. Just oh, it's just a, okay. unless you take it and you cut it and you rub it all over you. That's what repel. Mm-hmm. It's the oil in it that's repellent. See, same thing with with uh, rosemary and basil. All the all these herbs got to rub it on you. It, they won't mm-hmm. keep plants out of your mosquitoes uh, away. So anyway, lemongrass not good for privacy. Doesn't kill mosquitoes or, or even prevent them. But also, it's an annual. A normal winter will kill it. You got to start over again. So it's a great plant. It's great a culinary herb. It's a pretty little plant. Uh, uh-huh. But it's really not much of a what I call a yard plant. Okay. And, okay. and you can get it. Um, so, you know, Laura, you're not from around here, are you? No, sir. <laughs> okay. It's okay. It's all right. We're, we're okay. But that, if you'll shoot me an email, uh, we can get a little thing going where I can, I'll send you a list of some really good, uh, pretty fast-growing, good screen plants that do great in petal. That that you okay. can that you can find locally that'll and then you can put lemongrass beside or in a pot or something as a pretty plant. You can cook with it, rub it on your arms. Okay, thank you so much for your help. Well, it's not a lot of help, Laura, but it's a start. Yes, sir. <laughs> Appreciate your call. Have a good day. All right, and let's go to Benton County. Hey, Mike. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine. What's going on? The mushrooms popping uh, up yet? I wanted to know: the, Do morel mushrooms grow in Mississippi? Yep. They do. Uh, what areas? Uh, pretty much any place. And I don't want to really get in too much more about that because there are a lot of mushroom hunters out there. And some of them really don't know what they're doing. And I'm going to poison somebody if I go much further. But they are able to grow in all parts of Mississippi. And uh, and and oh, they grow yeah. they grow wild in a lot of places. Uh, we have quite a few people who are morel hunters. If you're interested in that, I keep saying this that for some reason. If you shoot me an email, I'll put you in touch with some people who are who, who really do that a lot. And uh, I'm not, oh, I, don't, I don't eat mushrooms. I'll be honest with you. Mushrooms taste like dirt to me. And some people just are they're horrified. But I don't eat oysters either because it tastes like a spoonful of mayonnaise. See, so because I'm not a mushroom eater, I really never really pay that much attention, but I know that they're out there because I get emails from people who are really avid collectors. All right, man. Well, I sure appreciate it. Okay, shoot me an email, Mike. I will. And I, I keep saying this, folks, but the email is, is uh, garden at mpbonline.org. Now, we're going to have to do some cheesy music in just a second, but we've got a couple of calls I want to go, first of all, to Memphis. Hey, Sherry, good morning. Hey, Felder. What's going on? They got to sale at Lichterman Nature Center. Don't tell me they're doing some of the Botanic Garden, too. Uh, we're always the same weekend, and, you know, <laughs> we're so short-staffed. Getting an email to you is kind of crazy. Sorry. Um, 
so, is today and tomorrow as well, so at, Friday and Saturday. They're at the Memphis Botanical. It's always a big plant sale, big plant yes. sale. And we're having herbal celebration with it, too. So we have a really nice lineup of speakers, and they can go to our website. And, okay. And you know, and the botanic garden, you've got you've got a re, you know sort of right across from the main building. You go through some woods. You got a really nice herb garden there. Oh yeah, ours is a, an ethnobotanical herb garden. Ooh, so, so you know it's almost an acre. Yeah, it's really cool, and and and, and y'all lots of really interesting herbs that a lot of people may not be familiar. But anyway, plant sale today and tomorrow. Yes, sir. With Memphis speakers, Botanic. herbal speakers. Herbal speakers. Yes. <laughs> that conjures. Uh-huh. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm gonna let that go because I just see them with like broccoli growing out of their necks and stuff like that. When I see, I get rid of some of the weeds in our previous concrete by uh, hitting it with a flamethrower. So I burn weed all the time in the herb garden. <laughs> Goodbye, Sherry. Bye, Felder. Thank you. Memphis Botanic Garden. They're having a big plant sale. Uh, Lichterman Nature Center uh, uh, also having one with native plants. But uh, so a lot going on there in Memphis. Look forward to you know y'all have a lot of fun. Uh, and I think we can get one more call in quick before we take a little music break. Let's go to Tremont. Good morning, Virginia. Good morning. Howdy. What's up? I have a wild bush flower growing on a creek bank by my house. Mm-hmm. It looks like a cross between our, um, it's honeysuckle looking type. It's yeah. a trumpet flower. It's okay. pale pink. Pale pink, yep. That is a native azalea. It's a native deciduous azalea. And some people actually call it wild honeysuckle, although it's not uh-huh. a honeysuckle. It is an azalea. And the one you've got is called pinkster bloom, P-I-N-X terbloom. Pinkster bloom uh-huh. azalea. It's a great native plant. Uh, I hope you're not planning on trying to dig it, though. Uh, well, I have, there's a small one. Okay, like there you go. Into my yard. There you go. One about a foot tall. Okay, do two things. Dig your dirt up really good, pretty good, and keep your native dirt, but add some of the the dirt that's from around there, the woodland dirt. Mix it in with your stuff to make sure it's got all the goodies that the woodland plants like, and then go ahead and move this as soon as you can. If it's got a bunch of leaves on it, Virginia, cut it back a little bit. It'll sprout back out, but if you don't cut it back, it might wilt and die. So I, even a little plant, I cut it back a little bit, move it, water it real good, cover it with a bunch of tree leaves, and it'll do great. I thank you very much for the information. Thank you. Pinkster Bloom, native azalea. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take a break, folks. We've got a little bit of some cheese. I'm going to put an earworm. Let's throw an earworm out there. A lot of you are familiar with this from the Muppets, but this is the original Manamana.
Welcome back. Horticulture's Fellow Rushing. Hope you like that Manamana thing. It started out as a soundtrack to a Swedish film, but the Muppets took it over and took it from there. Manamana, in case you don't know what the name of the song is. Hey, I got some, some stuff I really want to talk about, but I'm having too much fun yakking with gardeners. Let's go to Hibbett in Jackson. Good morning, sir. Thanks for holding. Felder, my question is, can I move blueberry bushes? I have five or six about two feet tall that are not getting much light and not getting good drainage, and I was wondering if it's possible to move them. It certainly is. But what I do here is go ahead and dig the dirt where you're going to move them to first because that's going to be the hard part. If you don't get that right, they're always going to be stunted. And uh, what, I, what I mean by that, dig the at least a, a foot deep in the middle, and maybe two or three feet across, and then add some real peat moss, not compost, not bark, but real Canadian peat moss, two or three shovels per plant into the native dirt. Once you do that, just move them, stick them in the ground, water them, and you'll be done with it. But Great the, advice. The, the peat moss thing, it's the only time anybody will ever hear me recommend Canadian peat moss because it really helps the roots of blueberries, and it lasts a long time. Great. Thanks a lot, Felder. Okay, good luck. Hey, thanks for that's a long time to hold for that, but I appreciate you you doing it. Worth every bit of it. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, now let's go to, up to Memphis. Hey Kay, good morning. How are you? I'm fine. I'm finally getting to you. Woo-hoo. What's I, up? I tried I tried to call you know when doing the fundraising, but I I am not online, so well, I was not able to to well, make my contribution. Well, well, well here we are. What can I help you with? Okay, but but I did. I called the next week and I got my towel. Good. good <laughs> okay, good. I have two comments and two questions. Okay. One is you remember the uh, Spiral Van Hoodie that I called about moving? I do. It's a great old place. Uh huh. Okay. Well, I moved it, and you should see it now. It looks like a four foot snow pile. Full bloom. It, it's just gorgeous. It's a great I, and one. And it's the only one I've seen in Memphis. Now, in some of the Professionally landscape places, you know, they may it's, have them. You'll see oh, them okay. in some of the older gardens. It's a great plant, but they don't sell them in garden centers very much. With the two bankers, it is so much prettier than azaleas to me. Yeah. But anyway, well, that I, was. I called. I called all over Memphis before I found this one. Okay, okay so that's now, that's number have, one. Okay. 
Well, I, I want you to identify a, a weed for me. I had one or two that come up like came last year. Now it's all over the place. It has a root like a parsnip and long four-inch-wide blades, and it'll grow about four feet high and put up a, ta- a, a seed a blossom. Do you have any idea what it is? Huh. Are the leaves furry? No, uh-uh. They're slick, and they're they're scrappy. You know, you know the, the I, leaves may be a foot long. Okay, okay. You know, I... The, when you said that, you know, I put the, see, I was raised with minced potato here. We had a box full of face parts, uh-huh. and you can put them together different way. And that's why I'm with plants too. So, you know, what you describe, I can't picture. Are you anywhere close to the botanic garden? Well, I'm fairly near, but I'm having a transportation problem. Well, the right re- now. reason I'm saying because they got some great folks there in in, in Dixon, and they can identify it for you, and, and and they can email me and tell me what it is. Oh, okay, okay, I'll do that. Okay, okay. Now the real, the real problem question I have, I have had a lot of health problems, and I did not get my milk and wine lilies divided. Mm-hmm. Now they are up about six inches. Can I take out some around the edge and try not to disturb the center and not destroy them because you, you there can. must be fifteen you, plants you, coming you, up. you can, but okay, you need to bring your lunch because those things are deeper than you think. Yeah, I know I planted them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Well, the new bulbs grow deeper than the ones you planted. So just you oh, know, you, okay. you're going to accidentally slice through one or two. That's just part of it. But be twenty. I, I tell you this. It's, it's a, probably fifteen or twenty. Well, go, go and be sure to share with some some other folks. And by the way, if you got somebody you can share those plants with, tell them to come over and help you dig them. And while they're there with their with their their cell phone, tell them to take a picture of your weed and send it to me. Oh, okay, okay. Because, but I have. I have pink ladies that I am going to have to just throw away. When they when they die down, I'm going to dig them up because they're in the wrong place. I didn't. They're so thick I didn't get a two or three bloom stems. And I don't have anything to do, any place to put them. And I don't have neighbors that are gone. So I'm, well, I'm going to wind up, throw, I guess, just throwing them away. Well, you're talking about the naked ladies want to come up pink in the... Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Whew, those things, they're so expensive to buy. So, you know, we need to get you online somehow and put you in. in there, there are people out there who will who will help you out with online stuff in exchange for bulbs. Yeah, well, I... I if, if you can, um, find, find... I'm sort of in a, a okay, place okay, here that okay. I don't have people that are online. I, 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 I get search around. Here, here's the deal, Kay. Find some way to get in touch with me, and we're going to take it from there. Oh, Okay. I'm I'm serious about that. Find some way to get somebody to get in touch with me, and we'll take it from there. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Okay. okay. I've, got to, I've got to move them because they're smothering out my, I, I, my I other guess. stuff. If I was any closer than Jackson, Mississippi, I'd be up there right after I get off the air, but I can't do it. Anyway, okay. okay let's let's find some way to get in touch. Okay. Okay. I'll do that. Better. Okay, sweetheart. Appreciate. Th- thank oh, you. Bye bye. She's persistent. She's got some cool plants. She just wants a little bit of help. That's all. And I got a feeling that if anybody knows, it wants some milk and wine lilies or some of these naked ladies, the the, the pink like chorus, uh, all you got to do in exchange for it is get me a picture of their wildflower. Um, let's go to uh, Ashland. Hey, Jerry, thank you for holding. What's up? Oh, thank you, sir. You bet. You can pass my information on the way we get there, and I'll be glad to figure stuff up for her. I'm, I'm not that far. <laughs> okay. I wish we could. Um, She's not online, but she, you know, you just you want to hug folks like that. <laughs> um, and I, too, have an earworm now, thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what can I help uh, you I'm, with? I'm, I'm, calling about, I'm calling about blueberries. Uh-huh. I planted uh, uh, a year ago, I planted blueberries, 
uh, ten of them around my fence in my backyard, uh-huh. and I got them all mulched and everything. And they're, they they come along fine last year. I plucked all the root blooms off them last year. Yeah, because I've read that's a thing to do. And I'm wondering if I should do that again this year. No, they're, and, uh, and I you, planted you, them. They were about a foot, a yeah. foot and a half tall. Now they're uh, about to the middle of my thigh, and I'm just wondering if it's worth my time to to prune them and. and okay. Here, here's the deal. Leave the fruit alone. Enjoy them. That that thing about cutting them off, that's come up by what I call anal retentive scientists who don't know how to just let stuff go. They come okay. up with the stupidest rules based on the most obscure stretch of the imagination, and they put it out as fact. So don't worry about that. But here's the deal on pruning those things. Uh, first of all, put some, some fresh mulch around them because they, you need to feed their dirt. They really like a woodsy type of soil, so put some leaves and stuff around them. But when the new growth comes up, suckers from the ground or new growth from the ends of last year's growth, snip the tips off of those so instead of getting tall and lanky, they bush out. And that's the main way you prune them. You snip the tips off all the new growth, suckers and uh, and twigs, and no more pruning past the middle of the summer. And that's it. Okay. Thank and, you uh, very much. D- d- I kind of, I really had, my gut feeling told me that I'll, what you said would be the truth. It's the truth. I mean, you know, like the, I'm trained as a scientist. I know it. You know, the, I'll give you an example. Rose Society people say you're supposed to prune a rose above an outward-facing five-leaflet leaf. From a plant physiology point of view, I totally get that. But the truth is, you can prune roses with cherry bombs, and they'll still bloom. <laughs> anyway, piss the tips off. And, Jared, three or four years from now, if you get some parts you can't quite pick anymore, uh, when you get through picking those, cut those back. Pinch the, the new growth, and when they get too big, cut out the tall stuff, and you're good to go. Thank you. I'm sure I plan on about Four to five feet apart to make a nice hedge in the future. Yeah, and you sound like a decent guy. If there's some way that that lady can get in touch with me, I wish you shoot me an email, and, and I want to volunteer your time. Uh, and because that's why we're raised. I will query Felder Rushing and get your email from the gardening show that way, so you don't have to waste your time telling me. That, that's okay, no problem. Because I'm, you know, I'm gonna put you to work because because uh, we were raised right, Jerry. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> it, you, man. You have a blessed day. Bye bye. Thank you. We're going to take a break in just a second, folks. We've got plenty of time to call. If you want to shoot us a, a question or a comment, garden at mpbonline.org, or give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring um, I mentioned some of the plants I brought in. I brought in some real special plants, including one. It's a little white daffodil, little white daffodil, the small, pale yellow cup, and every flower's got two flowers on it. It's called Twin Sisters. The reason I mention this it is the latest blooming daffodil. If you've got some of the early blooming paper whites that bloom sometime in t- for, for Christmas, by, uh, certainly in January, and then you've got this one called Twin Sisters, two pretty little white flowers per stem with a yellow cup called Twin Sisters. It's the latest blooming daffodil you can have. You can have daffodils for four or even five months. I also brought in some of this really gaudy, hardy gladiolus. It's a magenta stems. It grows so prolifically in Europe is called corn lily because it grows all out of the cornfields. They can't get rid of it. It's a really good, tough, fast-multiplying, hardy um, sort of magenta gladiolus. I also got uh, some uh, a type of plant that grows out in ditches, just starting to bloom right now. It's a native iris called Louisiana iris. I'm not talking about that yellow thing. Yellow thing is great. Kind of spreads a little bit, but it's great. But this is the true native Louisiana iris. They're they're uh, they're they're all different colors. This one's got uh, uh, white with purple streaks, a little yellow on it. They're burgundy. They're red. They're blue. They're purple. Louisiana iris is a native iris, but mostly I want to show 
uh, and we're going to post a picture of this uh, at the at the website mpbonline dot or uh, mpbonline. Gar- I don't know what what is it? Where is it? mpbonline.org. <laughs> it's written on the wall. See, Java, I got bifocals, okay? For me to see stuff on the wall, I got to throw my head so back, my head so far back. I feel like I'm, you know, going to the to the Prince of Wales wedding or something. Well, it's it's fine. When people go to replay the, the show, go to our website. It'll be right there for them, mpbonline.org. Okay, and I'm going to have a picture of this bouquet I picked on the way in, including a big, bigger than my hand, hybridized Louisiana iris. This one is purple and gold, a sort of a, of a it's not Marie. Gonna, anyway, it's named after Professor Neil Odenwald. Neil Odenwald's from Mississippi Delta, and he's a retired, he's a professor emeritus of landscape architecture at LSU. Uh, good, good Mississippi, good horticulturist, but there's a Louisiana iris named after him called Professor Neil Odenwald. It is absolutely stunning, and these plants simply won't die. Now, I want to throw out one last plant. I brought it in. I showed it to Java this morning. It comes up everywhere. You probably don't like it because, I mean, it comes up everywhere. It's got little clusters at the top of uh, of sort of purple-blue flowers. Each one has three petals, beautiful little dark purple frilly stuff with tiny little yellow uh, 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 pollen things in the middle. It was called spiderwort. Spiderwort named Trescantia, after one of the uh, England's most prolific plant explorers, John Trescant. The reason I'm mentioning this because I got an email from Pat, Pat Brooks, and she said, "What kind of plant is this? Is this a flower?" And what she meant is, "Is it a? Do I like it or not? Is it a flower?" The other one is, she didn't write, or is it just a weed? It's a weedy flower. It's a great native uh, perennial called spiderwort. Um, and uh, we're going to take a, a break, but I want to throw this. Uh, this is a, uh, I just got this from a lady named Marilyn Gentry. She lives in Crawford and spending time in Hasburg with her aunt. She sent me a, a photo of a little white flowering bulb. I just adore it, but I have no idea what it is yet. Uh, but I love challenges thrown at me by gardeners who are her, what I call woke. Walt Gardeners. By the way, Marilyn also included a, <laughs> a butt shot of her aunt. Her aunt bent over at the waist, pulling, bent straight over at the waist, pulling weeds. She's 104 years old. Hadn't been able to bend over like that since I was in my 20s. Anyway, this is the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We got time to take some calls. Got some lines open. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Give me a call, and we're going to talk all about it. We'll be right back after this. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back, folks. Horticulture's fellow Russia. I must have honked off somebody because ain't no callers. I mean, we're wide open right now. So did I did I say something wrong? I don't know. But give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring I was talking about all these kind of flowers I brought in. One I was showing to a, to the, the, the lady up front named 
cloudy. I'll show on this really weedy plant that's all over the field right now. It's just fields and fields of white, about knee high. If you look at them up close, they're little daisies. They look just like, well, they are daisies. Um, and they got the nice little pin cushiony yellow thing and all these tiny little frilly white things around the edge that make a daisy or a sunflower or a zinnia what it is. Uh, those are individual flowers. You know, you pull the petals off of a sunflower or a daisy or a zinnia, you know, that little she loves me, she loves me not type of thing. Well, this is a stupid thing to know. It's really stupid, but it's smart at the same time. There was a guy named Fibonacci. Now, Java. Fibonacci. What a name, huh? Got two Bs in it. He came up with this numerical thing called the Fibonacci sequence. And get this. Most stuff in nature is organized like this. If you look at a seashell, uh, you know, the nautilus shell, how it spirals, you look at the, the, the seeds, how they're arranged in a sunflower, there's a little spiral to it. You pay attention to it. Fibonacci sequence, what happens if there's the first one, and then the next row has got two, and the next one has got three, but the next one's got five. Fibonacci sequence, every row has got the number of the previous two rows. So the first are just one, then there's two, two plus one, next one is three, three plus two, the next row is going to have five. Next one is five plus three is eight, and eight plus five, and this is a numerical order out there in nature called Fibonacci sequence. So anyway, I just want to go back. Uh, doesn't have a bunch of stuff up there. I don't see anything on the screen. We're gonna go to Bakey and Mobile. Good morning, Bakey. Howdy. I'm glad you're there. I want to tell you how much you bring joy to my mind. Well, thank you. Thank you. You were appreciate- talking about spider warts. Mm-hmm. A little while ago, and I have been trying to remember what the name of those things were. What the spider word or the trace can of my mother walking me through the woods as a small child mm-hmm. and pointing wildflowers out to me, and I remember these. Thank you. Well, let me tell you something else. My great grandmother was a horticulturist, and I have her garden garden journals. And in 1918, she wrote of her mother's. Uh, bouquet she carried to church, and she said, among the red roses with the delicate blue trescantia with their long, long, bright green streams of leaves. She's talking about spiderwort. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm glad about that. Thank you so well, much. Thank you for being such a treasure. Well, woohoo! I appreciate that. Java, I'm starting to get embarrassed in here. Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, now, my bifocals are working fine now, but ain't nothing on that screen up there. Yeah, we, you know, yeah, uh, we do yeah. a lot of jobs here, so we got to. So, gotta... so, so you train me to look up, and then you took it all away. I love it. Let's punk Felder. That's well, let's what it go, is. Well, but the, the next one is, is already locked and loaded, and we're going to talk to Annette in Osaka. Okay. Hey, Annette, good morning. Good morning, Felder. How are you? Fine. On one hand, the lady in Mobile, she just loves me being here. On the other hand, my producer messes with me all the time. <laughs> what well, can I help you with? Well, you were talking about the trade of Scotia. I returned to Mississippi having left when I was 19, uh-huh. when I was 60. Yeah. And I have, have, have blessed to live on a holy hill in Pike County with a 777-foot road frontage and an old double-barrel shotgun house uh-huh. that was built in the 1880s. Well, and I can tell you, you got a little bit of a British accent there, don't you? Well, if, I'm, I'm Crawford, so unless it's a genetic okay. predisposition. I, 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 I was born in Pike County in my grandmother's bed. She taught me to read from the King James Bible before I can remember. There you go. Well, she raised you right. By the way, my grandmother's from Pike County, and we, 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 I'm named after the Felders of Felder Campground. 
Well, I think the Felders of Kenta somehow or another, but you know, when you've been in Mississippi as many generations <laughs> as my family. Who ain't we related to, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, the Crawfords came to the Americas in 1610. Yep. yep. David was the second son. Well. And, yeah, and my Crawfords came down into this guy. They filtered their way down here in the early 1800s. Trying to get away from people. My folks fought on both sides of the American Revolution, and we still argue about it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I appreciate your call. Thank That's, you, sir. I, I appreciate your show. You betcha. Thank you. Bye. Okay. This. By the way, I got some emails. Let me share real quick because we're gonna we're gonna uh, wrap this thing up. Just a uh, Victor Smith wanted to know: Is lavender possible to grow in our climate, Oxford? Is it a different variety? And it's really unusual. I got this because I took a picture last week of a lavender growing in a raised bed in a parking lot outside the cups, the place where I go to get my coffee. Uh, and it's, it's a Spanish lavender. Spanish lavender will grow in a fire ant mound, and it'll bloom and bloom and bloom. It's one of the only lavenders that like our heat and humidity. Spanish lavender. It's not fragrant. It's got little thumb, thumb-sized flowers, little bunny ear-looking things on top. But it'll grow here. It loves it. But I just ordered a type of lavender that I heard from my friend Steve Bender, the grumpy gardener from Southern Living. He told me about one called Phenomenal. It's an English-type lavender that's fragrant, just like you like, you know, the traditional type of lavender. And Phenomenal is fairly new introduction, been around for 14, 15 years. It supposedly grows in Florida. Anyway, I ordered four plants last week. They just come in first part of next week. But there's a type of lavender called Phenomenal. It's sort of like Manamana. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> Java ain't right. Ain't right. But anyway, think Phenomenal Lavender. I'm going to give it a try, but I trust Steve Bender. He knows what. He's a good gardener. He's a garden expert, but he's still a good gardener. Uh, so I've, tr- I've ordered one called Phenomenal. Also, I got an email from Gerald Jones down at Alcorn State. Uh, he said he 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 mixed uh, fire ant bait with five gallons of water and poured on some mounds, and he just put a half a cup on other mounds. The ones where he mixed the water in with it, they died the best and the fastest. Pre- appreciate that. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Lots of stuff going on, folks. You want to email me, garden at mpbonline.org. The Gestalt Gardener is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer, laid back but hardworking, Java Chapman, and Michelle McAdoo has been manning the phones. That female woman in the phones. Phone greeting. Oh, boy. Hope your garden's fair and well. Main thing is, those of us who see every day as a new day, as another chance to give it a go, go to a garden center, a farmer's market. Hey, stop telling your kids to go outside and not come in until supper. Instead, take a one or two on a field trip. Wiggle your fingers around. Find something out there to talk about. Roly-polies, whatever it takes. But see if you can find an opportunity to show others what we do best, and that's get dirty. I really appreciate the opportunity here at MPB to have a party with y'all every week. See y'all next week. Thank you.